Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's a new year with 2021 now, and it's out with the uh, out with the old and in with the new. Even though the old, uh, well, the new stuff seems suspiciously like the old stuff, uh, but it's going to be good this time. And uh, welcome to the Junior Funners podcast. It's uh, it's lovely to have you with us again for this uh, brand new year of 2021. Uh, who knows what it holds? Uh, potentially, if we keep this bullshit up till May, we'll have been doing this podcast for two years somehow. <laughs> yeah. uh, even though we took a break for a few months uh, at the start of the uh, the first lockdown, if you can remember that far back. Um, anyway, Junior Funners, it's, uh, it's a podcast. It's about Arsenal and it's about uh, whatever else we want to talk about. And it's me, it's Ollie, and it's Lawrence. Happy New Year, Ollie. And- Happy New Year, listeners. Yes, staying on message. Very good. Uh, yeah, so um, we can, it's, you know, it's, we, we've come back to record and it's it's a lot easier to record now because uh, it's not so painful being an Arsenal fan. Yeah. We'll get into that uh, with our first segment, Arsenal News. And uh, it's good again now. We're Arsenal are good again now. So yeah. it's, uh, it all is all is forgiven. All I've always believed in Arteta. Oh, I'd always knew he'd come through. Ah, oh, yeah. Always trusted the process. I always, always Never trusted the process him for a minute. Yeah, I thought that stuff. I said, ah, it's just a joke, you know. You know, we're, we're a comedy podcast. Yeah, uh, you know how it is. We're just doing a bit. It's, yeah, it's, we got to, you know. It's just what they call you doing. Fill, a bit. you know, an hour or so of content every week. You know, it's just you've got to come up with something to say. You know, we didn't mean any of it. Um, for now, at least. Um, but yeah, three wins in a row for the first time this season. Which, uh, good God, I yeah, I mean, it's taken us long enough. But um, yeah, three, three wins and. and could not be more timely. Three very, very big wins, starting with the uh, the three one win uh, home against Chelsea, which I don't think anybody saw coming. No. Frankly, um, uh, yeah, uh, but um, yeah, really, you know, the chances we we actually took our chances in a match uh, for once. I mean, granted, yeah. you know, the first goal was a penalty, but that that helped us kind of kick on and actually take the chances that we had in front of goal for the rest of that game. Yeah. Um- Lovely free kick from uh, Xhaka. Uh, uh, lovely. Uh, yeah. c- completely, uh, um, literally an immovable object in the sense that he hardly moves. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, good, good, uh, good, powerful. Except when he's fouling someone. Yeah, or getting a red card or starting a fight with someone, choking somebody. And um, yeah. Yeah, but he, uh, good free kick. Uh, uh, that uh, that that uh, silenced a few people. That's quite good on the on the on the interwebs. I mean, that, yeah, it's just re-established himself as the ultimate wild card. I think uh, just a truly, truly unpredictable player. Um, just capable of uh, you know, capable of the sublime and the uh, offensively bad within the space of a couple of games. It, it's it's yeah, remarkable. You know, love him or hate him, there's nobody like him. Um, and you know he's able to produce moments like that, which is, I mean, that you know, what a free kick! I mean, that was that's 
surely a cont- I Well, I don't know. It, it's a long season, but I mean, I, I, I doubt we'll see many free kicks better than that this season. It was just, uh, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, I think the uh, the the uh, what's, what's the um um they call it in basketball um the MVP is uh, for us so far this year Bukayo Saka. Yes, a absolutely lovely goal. Uh, I d- I don't know whether he actually meant it, but uh, he said in post match that yeah, I mean- <laughs> he saw he saw him off his line, but uh, I don't know. off his line, isn't it? Yeah, I felt. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He meant to do that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say he meant to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt there. You know, our, our beautiful son, uh, Bukayo Saka, scoring it. Yeah, a, a frankly ridiculous goal uh, that looked for all the world like a cross. But I mean, you know, it went in off the post. It looks fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll give him that and say that he, he meant to do it because why not? It looked great. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean. Between him and Kieran Tierney, they, they've sort of they've been the ones that sort of have dragged Arsenal kicking and screaming uh, through that uh, you know horrible dark patch that we just came out of. Um, they were the only two players that seemed to be sort of consistently trying to create stuff and pushing the team forward. Um, and now you can see the the difference they make. Um, you know, game in, game out. Now they are that you know they they first on the team sheet every week, you know, at this point. I mean, Kieran Tierney especially looks as though he's, uh, I mean, a lot of people are saying future captain, and I, yeah. I, it's hard to disagree. Yeah, it's great. Um, he's got the, uh, what I call the, the Roy Keens in the sense that it, even if it's like snowing, it's, uh, you know, pitches yeah. covered in snow, <laughs> he's out there in like his short shorts and Just short sleeves, t-shirt. T- you know, sunglasses on. He's getting a deck chair out. He's out. He's getting a tan on. <laughs> Proper Scott. Just. Ice in the veins. Just yeah. yeah, just a pure cold-blooded killer. He's just yeah. That is. I mean, yeah, all those photos of him uh, training in the build-up to the uh, the West Brom match, and then literally warming up for the West Brom match while it's. <laughs> Well, the pitch is covered in snow and, uh, yeah, he's literally just wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Everyone else is wearing, you know, like woolly hats and scarves and yeah. snoods and, um, like, you know, uh, like, uh, under armor and all that stuff to keep warm. And he's just, yeah, just like, he's just dressed like he's on the beach, you know, just not bothered at all by the cold. It's brilliant. You love to, you love to see it. He has to like have his own drinks break halfway through. He just can't take the heat, you know, he's just, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna rehydrate. Um, yeah, because he's just burning up too many calories out there in the snow. Um, but yeah, that's we're skipping ahead a little bit because before the the West Brom match, we had the uh, the the Brighton match, where it looked as though it might all all the good work that was done in the Chelsea match, um, you know, to to get a result there might come undone. We didn't play particularly well, but like the Chelsea match, we we took a chance when we needed it and it resulted in a goal and you know Alex Lacazette is in unstoppable form at the moment you know he came on 27 seconds after he came on as a substitute he managed to score um after a brilliant bit of play again by Bukayo Saka um so he's yeah he's really sort of I, I mean Arteta seems to be playing him as he's not playing him so deep as he was before we've talked a lot about the fact that he was sort of being used in that more kind of false nine position but yeah He's being used more and more as an out-and-out striker now, and it's—I mean—it's inarguably paying off. You know, I mean, he's—he's he's scored in 
each of the last three matches. Um, well, four goals in each of the you know in in the last three matches. So it's kind of you know can't really can't really argue with that at this point. That that's where he belongs. Yes, it's uh, it's great to finally have um, someone who can play in the number ten position again, and uh, actually, in a sense, um, uh, excels in my view so far. Uh, yeah, in uh, Emil Smith Rowe, who's sort of became a bit of a forgotten man in a way, uh, should have I think been picked right from the start. You know, right from the start. But um, no, we had a certain th- yeah, but I mean. It was- <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, but it, I don't, yeah. I mean, if he'd been picked right from the start, that's a lot of pressure to put on a player that yeah. young. I, I don't know, but it, yeah, I mean, he he really has stepped up. I mean, yeah. you know, these last it's not a coincidence. These last three matches, he started in that number ten role, um, and yeah. Arsenal have created m- way more than they have in the previous six or seven matches. Um, where, now that they've got him playing there, yeah, he's sort of um taking on uh, the Jack Grealish uh, of uh, not wearing shin pads and having your socks all the way down to your ankles i've noticed yeah <laughs> and looking uh, like a, a real proper like old timey footballer yeah. just with the socks all the way kind of down your ankle that looks weird but yeah it's his choice he didn't want to wear the shin pads fine um hopefully but, um, he doesn't result in a serious injury but yeah he's looked uh he's he's looked he's looked a lot more um energetic and creative than anyone else that's been playing in that role so far this season for Arsenal. So it's, uh, yeah, he's made, he's another one of those, the the kids that have come in, he's really made the difference. Yeah. It's great to see like someone like Saka for that goal where he just, just carries the ball. He turns, someone manages to get round his marker. I can't remember which Brighton player it was. And then just carry the ball, how many, like 30 yards. And then just, you know, cut it, mm. cut it. Like that's, you know, right. Unlike some players who I won't, we might mention later, but who just would have just probably played it back, just played a pretty pass, <laughs> you know. Oh, my stats, my yeah. my my pass completion uh, rate is oh yeah, that's what's really uh, important. Yeah, rather than Saku, just like you know, yeah, they're deciding now to just we're just going to carry this ball. You're not going to tackle us. We're just we're not going to play pretty pass. We're just going to try and get as close to goal as possible. Cut it back. Hopefully so. Yeah, you've either you've either got to con- you've either got to concede a penalty yeah. or you know stop us from making these runs. Like that's 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 it. that's the way that him and Tierney seem to be operating now, and it's really, I mean, you can tell it's, it's really paying off. Like and it's it's like you said, it's so much better than seeing all of this, all the stuff we were complaining about before, where it was just a lot of uh, a lot of sideways and backwards passing followed by nippy wing play that didn't go you know just nippy wing play followed by crosses into nobody um the you you know the crosses now have a lot more purpose there's a lot more urgency in that play they're they're not just passing backwards and you know like playing out of defense and just passing it among the back four or the back five for ages and ages with no payoff um so it's yeah it it does it it looks it looks a lot more like vintage Arsenal, dare I say. I mean, yeah. especially with you know. So after the after the Brighton match, winning one nil, we had to play at uh, at the Hawthorns against uh, West Brom, and um, yeah, the, the, you know, I mean, the second goal in that really was like a classic Arsenal yeah. goal. You know, just the the the, the quick touches and passing, uh, you know, in and around the penalty area, resulting in that that great finish from Saka. Really, I mean, it, it reminds it reminded me of that the Jack Wilshire goal against Norwich from a few seasons ago, um, which you know, 
does the rounds on Twitter every now and then that you see, which is you know still just a, an amazing piece of team football. It, it was it was very reminiscent of that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh oh man, it was I had to go, I had to change, you know, I had to um, take a shit. <laughs> It was, uh, it was, it was, it was wonderful. I was just glorious. It's like, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, was soy facing. I was soy facing, like, oh yeah, no, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, that was just great. I great soyed stuff. the house down. I, I soy faced and soiled my pants. It was yeah. so good. Just, um, oh, and especially because it came right after Kieran Tierney's uh, goal as well, which was again another piece of. of brilliant individual play um to kind of you know take on the West Brom defender not once but twice um and then just curl the ball into the it, it actually reminded me of um Son's goal against Arsenal um a few weeks ago in the, the North London derby where he'd kind of you know he just bombed down the wing and managed to curl the ball in uh from kind of you know further out than you would you would reasonably expect anybody to be able to do that you know it was, it was sort of similar to that he curled it into the far post just beyond the keeper's reach and it was just yeah a brilliant individual goal by by him so to get you know those two goals in quick succession in the first half it really did kind of feel like they were they were back and they were doing all of that in the middle of quite a heavy <laughs> quite heavy snowfall as well which is kind of the you know the old cliche about signing foreign players is for some reason people don't think that foreign players uh, know about cold weather yeah. um I, I don't know where that comes from but the idea that you know can they can they do it on a rainy tuesday night in stoke and it's just like i yeah probably yes. I, I you think i mean they have rain in italy and spain as well man i don't know what you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like they have shitty weather there as well so I, I don't know what what you i don't know what you think but um yeah, I mean, it, I in part it was it was such you know it was a very comprehensive four nil win. Lacazette got you know a couple of goals in the in the second half, and it was it's a, the, the only kind of um, the only sort of like lingering concern is that it I, as well as things are going for the rest of the team, Aubameyang still can't seem to yeah. buy a goal. He was very unlucky in that match not to get at least one goal. I mean, I, I don't know. There's literally nothing else he can do. Like he is getting in the right place at the right time, and it's just it's it's just not coming off for him. Um, so really feel for him, but you feel like that's the next thing. Everything else is going so well for the rest of the team. It's only a matter of time before it starts to kind of come together for him a bit more on a on a consistent basis. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I'm a bit worried that um, Nicolas Pepe will probably, if Bukayo Saka is now playing on the right, like there'll be no, you won't get much playing time and. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe at the next summer transfer that he is uh, either sent out on loan or, or sold. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it. it yeah, it's, it's increasingly looking like um, him and Willian are squad players. Yeah. You know, as, as odd as that sounds, given that, given their, how high profile they are um, and how much they're being paid. That, yeah, I, 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 I view them more now as just kind of like, yeah, like they're, they're there to provide depth to the squad that, you know, the, the kids that have come in to sort of replace them are, are, are performing so well that you can't leave them out. You know, it's quite the opposite. The team needs to be built around that, that youth and that energy um, to just sort of maintain this sense of freedom that they've got, you know, going forward. So yeah, I think, yeah, Pepe, Pepe and Willian are just kind of like, uh, you know, Feels like they're just kind of there in more like mentor roles, I guess, at this stage. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, Bukayo needs. To, <laughs> I mean, I'm somebody who's like was a bit on. I've been pro Pepe, but now it's like, um, you know, I don't think Bukayo Saka needs to learn anything from any of these guys. He could just. Yeah, he seems to have that's, that's true. Yeah. The uh, he seems to have the just the intelligence already. It's just like you know, I don't know, just like just. It- in multiple positions as well, yeah. like you know, it's, it's that's that's the other amazing thing for for a player that's that young to be that versatile uh, to be able to play literally anywhere on the pitch, pretty much. Um, you know, he's played right back, he's played left back, he's you know played midfield, he's played as you know he's now playing sort of on the wing. It, it's you know he can do it all already. Yeah, it's kind of just like well, what <laughs> what else is there to teach him other than to just let him get match experience? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it does need to be said. I think Arsenal were helped by just how poor uh, West Brom were. Mm. Um, I was pretty shocked, given that like like Big Sam's uh, whole thing is you know teams that are very physical. You know, getting mm. like big lads that are you know very physical, very kind of you know they they're there to bully the opposition um, and to kind of just you know park the bus and stay strong. There was no physicality from them throughout that whole match. I mean, it, I was I was amazed by how much they were just backing off and off and off of Arsenal, giving them the space, letting them run with the ball. Um, you know how <laughs> infrequently they were making tackles, and you know, I mean, there's the one point where like two of the West Brom players like went for the same ball and like you know like crashed their heads together, and it was just sort of like, yeah, I think they might be going back to the championship. I think <laughs> I don't. I don't think even Big Sam's going to be able to save uh, these guys. Like it, it, it's yeah, this they are pretty exceptionally poor um, at, at the moment, at least. I mean, what was what's the stat? They, they've conceded three or more goals in their last four home matches, um, which is crazy. Hmm. And I, I don't know. I just don't see. I, I don't see any signs of any improvement coming. I mean, unless. You know, January transfer window, he's got the chance to bring in players potentially, but then it's just sort of like, is he? I don't think he's going to have the time before the end of the season to like properly set up the squad so that they're playing better. I, I just think, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, I, the, I don't see them making it. I don't see them making it to the end of the season. I think the uh, you know games moved on, bruv. You know all that kind of his style of of. of football you know it doesn't it doesn't really belong in the top league the uh i mean everyone's worked it out and i think maybe the players knew that that they're just going to sit deep but we sit so far deep just let's see how like draw them out try and dribble the ball mm. try and get past them create space whatever but it's just like you know games moved on bruv you know you can't you can't really just sit back yeah. all the time just because it worked against, it's, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is a, it's a relic. They got a fluky draw against Liverpool with that that header that yeah. pinged off one post and then into the goal was kind of yeah, safe fluky, well, whatever. I think, yeah, and also it's like I don't know. You look at like Liverpool's chances and the rest of that match, and it is like again, it's just like just incredibly unlucky that they didn't score like two or three goals. You know, like things, you know. Balls just hitting the post or hitting the crossbar or whatever, or like you know, like that save that their keeper made right at the end. Um, I mean, it, it's a it's a brilliant save, but it's you see it week after week where keepers get a touch 
on the ball making saves like that and it still goes in. You know, like he he managed to get the exact right percentage, you know, of his hand to the ball so that it wouldn't go in. But like nine times out of ten, you see keepers in a similar position make attempt to make that kind of save and it just hits the hand and ends up going in anyway. So it's like like you said, incredibly lucky that they didn't end up losing two one late on in that match. But yeah, they got that draw and everyone was like, Oh yeah, brilliant perform you know, that's what Big Sam's here to do. That's what he's that's what he's here to do. An invaluable point for West Brom. And then it's just like Ah, that was <laughs> so. That was that was all he had in the bag of tricks. There was just uh, uh, hope and yeah. Just hope we get a luck. corner. That was pretty much it. Hope we get a corner and just you know try and try and nick one. And um, yep. How do you get away for? Yeah, that was. How does he it... even said in his post-match interview? I think on match of the day, he said that you know we got to start. The most important thing for him is that they've got to start keeping clean sheets. Like it, he's, he's still not like, <laughs> you know, they've been beaten by so many goals in the last few games. It's just like, and he's still just like, it, it hasn't occurred to him. Maybe they should start trying to score more goals. It's like, well, no, we've got, we, we're going to try and get nil nil. You know, we've got to, <laughs> we got to get keep more clean sheets. If we could draw all these matches nil nil, you know, we've lost our last four home games. But if we drawn them all nil nil, that'd be four points. And that just kind of, like you said, it just shows that kind of old school mentality where it's like you start the match with one point and you try and hang on to it. It's just such a boring old man dinosaur way of viewing the game. It's just, yeah, I think he's he's been exposed. They've exposed him. Yeah. I mean, other things could also be said towards like, ah, oh, yeah, Mourinho, but um, at the same time, he kind of, Adds to it. I don't, yeah, don't want to be too praising of Mourinho, but he he kind of builds. It's the same similar kind of tactic. Yeah, but well, yeah, but I, Mourinho's whole thing is that he does it at clubs that have the money to spend yeah. on, like you know, one or two world class strikers. Yeah. Um. You know, if he had to, if he took over at West Brom, it'd be exactly you know, it'd be the same same shit, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be, you know, because he only manages at clubs that have the money to spend. They can park the bus and have, you know, more or less 10 men behind the wall for large chunks of the match and then just counter attack. And because they've got two strikers of the highest quality, the couple of chances they get in each match, they're going to end up taking. So it's just, yeah, that's the sort of Mourinho variant on that style of play, I guess. But um, yeah, I think, I think Big Sam probably should have stayed retired on this one. I don't think it was worth coming out of retirement for this one, unless, of course, you know, if I was being cynical, um, unless of course he's just trying to get one more big payday for when they sack him. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see someone like Big Sam trying to pull a, uh, you know, a scam like that on, on a, you know, on a football club. I, I just doesn't doesn't yeah. seem to fit with it. Given everything we know about him, given his history, such a uh, honest just doesn't man. seem right that he, you know, exactly, yeah, famously honest man who wouldn't, you know, he, I, yeah. He's yeah. certainly no crook. Uh, yeah, that's this. <laughs> yeah, so um, that brings us up to date with the the Arsenal matches. I think since we last recorded, um, we got FA Cup coming up this weekend uh, against Newcastle. Mm. Um, I mean, Newcastle were a weird one. They, I, I think we've we've talked in previous episodes about how they. They signed some good players, like you know, this this summer. You know, they they've signed some good, like creative attacking players, like Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser, and 
um, Jamal Lewis, uh, and even that uh, Jeff Hendrick. Um, but they still play very negatively, and they don't they don't seem to be using any of those players um, in the way that you'd expect. Which, if I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be pretty pissed off about. Um, and then couple that with the fact that you know they've got a load of injuries and a bunch of players have uh, been sick with the uh, with the COVID. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, on paper, you'd expect us to do pretty well in that game, but <laughs> the last couple of yeah. months have taught me to never take anything for granted, even if it is the FA Cup. Are we at home for that, or is that away? Uh, yeah, we're at home. Okay, well, we sh- I mean, with the lockdown and everything, with home and away advantages kind of don't... It's difficult to see how much of an impact they actually have without the fans, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be at home for that one. We'll be... Um- Warmer, probably. Uh, That's true. Yeah. So, um, well, Kieran Tooney would be all right. He'd put, well, no, he'd put, he'd have to, um, you know, wear like Factor Fifty or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, they'd have to give him one of those umbrella hats. Um, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I well, I mean, they just you know, they did just win a match four 0 in the middle of a snowstorm. So uh, yeah, I think they're, they're pretty much, you know. They're, they're they're pretty well ready for anything you would have thought at this point. Just um, I, I can only imagine that Newcastle would probably have this kind of same tactic: just defend deep, try to win a corner, counter attack, or whatever. See what you can yeah. do. I think we'll probably have a majority of the ball, and hopefully we'll take our chances. Um, yeah, but. yeah. Something we've been getting better at, and uh, yeah, I th- I saw some photos of Thomas Partey back in training this week. Mm. So, be nice if if he's able to be back for that one. Be nice to sort of have him back in the side. Um. So yeah, I mean, I was, well, speaking of Thomas Partey, I mean that's the other thing. You know, it is January transfer window now, so transfer talk. You know, comings and goings. It seems as though there's going to be more goings than comings uh, this month, and I'm not talking about Dominic. Ooh. Topical. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, from what I've seen, uh, is it William Saliba? He's gone on loan to Nice. And um, yes, nice. So- Socrates, I think he's also uh, gone. I think maybe I'm wrong. Oh, is that I, official? I haven't seen that. Kalasinac has gone on loan. I know. It's, yeah, Kalasinac has gone to Schalke, um, which is where we signed him from I believe and I think he still has family in Germany I think it's so he, he was pretty keen to to go back there um so yeah he'll be he'll be there on loan for the rest of the season and then yeah I think that yeah the rumors are that um Socrates and Mustafi uh, uh I think they're, they're looking to sort out either loans or uh or yeah just straight up transfers um for them by the end, yeah, of, uh, by the end of January so the for Socrates Genoa, who played for okay. I think a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, but the big one, the big one is uh, is uh, our favourite uh, Ozil mm. has supposedly uh, agreed to uh, his three year deal or something with Fenerbahce. I think. Yes. Now I, I I don't know depending because I've read some things saying that that's that's for that that's not immediate. That's like end of his current contract. Uh, uh, which means that we will be stuck with them to the end of the season. But yeah. I don't know. Hopefully they can. Hopefully they they take him now rather than in the summer, just so that we can 
you know, move on from that whole thing and we're not having to pay his wages, you know, just to, just to free up the wage bill. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. 350 K a week for someone that's not even registered to play in the squad um, is a bit, uh, is, you know, is ludicrous. So yeah. Um, yeah. It would be, no, I think the, the other team he was apparently in talks with is, uh, is DC United. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, possibly, Possibly could go play in the MLS. They they want him because he's a big name. Um, so yeah, I mean either of those. I think Fenerbahce, I think, like you said, it seems to be the more likely one given his, his Turkish uh, roots and his you know his, his Turkish heritage. Um, so hopefully that'll tempt him to fuck off sooner <laughs> rather than yeah. later. Nothing personal. Just uh, think you're crap, mate. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not going to make it fair. Yeah. Um, well, it's the at least um, Saliba will probably get some game. Hopefully, get some game time. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. From what I was reading, he's still part of the the plans because um, mm. he's only nineteen at this point. So I think that yeah, they want him. The original plan when they sent him out on loan last season was for him to get more game time and then fight for a place in the first team squad this season. But I think he had problems with injuries and personal issues and stuff. So he didn't actually play all that regularly. So I think, yeah, they, they want to send him out and hopefully he can get enough game time, kind of build up the experience so that for next season, um, yeah, he's, you know, he's fighting for a, a place in the side alongside, you know, Bob, Bob Holding and yeah. uh, Gabrielle. Uh, Pablo Mary's been uh, doing quite well with, <laughs> with someone of. No, apart no. from the yeah, apart from the, the the penalty he gave away against Chelsea was yeah. a bit of a boo boo. But um, other than that, yeah, no, he has he's looked pretty good. Yeah, so at least there's no David Luiz. That's that's all I can say is it's, it's yeah. as far away from the squad as possible. Because uh, yeah, I just don't think it, his it, passing ability is 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 worth having him in the team. Not that I, everything else he's he's yeah. No. Yeah. Also, it's like I feel like he had a reputation for like being really good at free kicks, didn't he? For yeah. a while, yeah. um, and that I mean I haven't seen any like since he arrived. I don't think we've seen any of that. So it's just sort of like, why? Why? What are we doing here? Why, why are you here? You know, we got we got other people that can take free kicks. Like why? Are you, yeah. What are you doing here? Um, I think it is. He's largely just there as again, kind of in like a like a mentor role for the the younger players. Um, which is fine. You know, he's got the experience. He's won, you know, more or less everything there is to win. Um, so yeah, but it, yeah, I don't think. I think we, yeah, we've we've moved beyond the point where we need him to be starting every match, yeah. which is good. You know, I think we've got we've got a pretty good between Gabrielle and Rob Holding. Um, you know, those guys. Rob Holding looks better and better with every match. To be honest, so he's yeah. he's really kind of come into his own this season, um, which is good to see. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, between those two and like you said, Pablo Mari, um, and then we, yeah, Tierney and Bellerin, um, out wide Bellerin, you know, I mean, there's rumors that he might, he might be off to, to Barcelona. Oh, yeah, I, with, I haven't um, really heard anything about that for a while, to be honest. I, with, I, I don't uh, know. Le- Tariq Lemty, is that his name? Yeah. Tariq from yeah. Being a proper, um, I wouldn't mind that, but yeah, but. I don't know about that, but uh, 50-50, sort of. Um, 
He's great. Yeah, I mean, Tariq Lamptey's good going forward, but not very great defensively, and he's very injury prone. So he yeah. would fit right in at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, he's he's basically an Arsenal player already. Um, yeah. But yeah, isn't he quite short as well? As never, is that another thing? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's a particularly big fella, but he's very quick. Yeah. Um, again, we got plenty of those. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to keep Bellerin if we could. I mean, I can't, he's still only 25. I forget like just how long he's been with the club and how young he was when he, when he first started. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to, 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 to keep him, but yeah, whatever, you know, if we get, if we get a nice uh, chunk of change from selling him, you know, maybe it is time for someone else to step up. I mean, you know, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles has sort of played well, uh, in that role when he said to take over from him. So who knows? Yeah, he sort of became a bit of um, off the radar a bit, made the nails, I don't know, whether it's just um, the fact that we had a full-strength squad for a bit, so Arteta felt like... Oh, he can't, you I don't think that's to, it, yeah. But he's, like, he's always done well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah he sort of, he's, he's there, again, he's sort of there as a squad option, but he is... I, I, He's good enough. I, I, well, certainly based on what we've seen, I would say he's good enough to start week in, week out. But it's nice to have somebody there that's capable enough to step in. Again, similar to Saka, because he is very versatile. He can play in a, in a number of different positions. It's nice to have someone that can step in and take over from, a, you know, if someone gets injured or suspended or whatever, they can step up and it's sort of seamless. You know, it's a, it's a like for like swap. So it's, uh, yeah, it, I, I, I'm glad that we didn't sell him. Um, yeah, I think that, that that would have been of all the players that we could have sold. Um, I'm glad that we <laughs> glad that we kept him, and it's good that we're finally getting the sort of the clear out that we were promised in the summer because the squad is quite bloated and uh, heavy in, in places, and there's yeah a lot of a lot of passengers uh, as we've as we've discussed a number of times. You know, some more uh, some are more you know freeloading more than others. Yeah. You know, our friend uh, like our friend Mezet. Well, I'm just. Hopefully the whole Urza thing will be over soon. All those um, the Urza stands on on the Twitter can uh, can fuck off, and uh, we can have um, some actual Arsenal fans, you know, and rather than just yeah, and then but you know what will happen is that he'll get like fifteen assists in his first season in the Turkish league, and everyone will be like, oh, why did we sell him? Yeah, or in the MLS, he'll get like thirty. See, he's still got quality. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shouldn't have sold him. Shouldn't have, Should have sold him. Shouldn't have let him go. So when Rain Rooney scored that goal, I saw MLS. I think wasn't it like something like he scored from halfway line or sometime? I think. Oh, they all do that. I, I yeah. feel like every <laughs> every successful like player from Europe that goes to the MLS scores a goal from like the halfway line in like their first game or something. Like it's just it's just what they do. So everyone kind of go on Twitter. Oh my god! Did you see that? Oh my god! He's yeah, still, he's playing in a literal pub league. It's a it's, yeah. I mean, it is, it's it's literally like a novelty. It's this it, yeah. It's like a novelty kind of almost exhibition league, basically. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's you know, it's not quite the Harlem Globetrotters, but it's not far off from that. It's not quite as you know, it's not quite as rigged or as choreographed as that. But it's it's not a million miles because like, I think. That Ibrahimovic did something similar, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he scored from like the halfway yeah. line when he when he went to uh, to America. And I think, yeah, I, I think, yeah, they they all do that. Um, 
Although speaking of Wayne Rooney, I, 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 we got to congratulate him on uh, having an entire football club named after him uh, with Wayne Rooney's Derby. Um, I feel like I'm hearing more and more about Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Um, or it depending well, depending, sometimes you see it. It's sometimes it's spelt Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Other times it's Rooney and Derby. Um, depending on where you're where you're reading the the, the headline or whatever. But it's uh, yeah. So congratulations to uh, to Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Um, for I don't know. I, I see them mentioned a lot. I don't know if they're actually doing well or not. I presume yeah. not. I was going to Derby. Yeah, I was going to check, but um, yeah. I don't follow the championship. Why would I do such a? Th- <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> how dare you? I think you're better than the championship. Championships. Yeah, well, <laughs> we could we could be in the championship. So maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. I love the championship. That's true. Yeah, again, Great that's the, yeah. Big fucks to big fucks to Sam Allardyce for uh, <laughs> for chatting shit, saying that uh, yeah, Arsenal uh, relegation rivals to uh, to West Brom. Um, yeah, that was so. That, that I mean, yeah, that kind of made that victory all the more sweet. Where it's like, I don't know, you know, relegation rivals implies that uh, you know both teams have a chance of staying up, uh, which yeah. I think in West Brom's case is a fucking lie, as they've as they've proven. So, yeah, uh, Derby are only um, uh, third from bottom in the championships. Is Wickham, Rotherham, Derby. Sheffield Wednesday, QPR, Nottingham Forest, Birmingham, Millwall, Coventry, Cardiff, Luton, Huddersfield, Preston, wow. Blackburn, Bristol, Barnsley, Stoke, Middlesbrough, Watford, Reading, Brentford, Bournemouth, Third, and Swansea and Norwich. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Derby are really are doing shit. I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was quite uh, as bad as that uh, for them. But yeah, wow. They really have. Uh, they really have fucked it. Um. That Considering, team. like you know, they were sort of pushing for the playoffs for the last few seasons, and even got into the playoffs. But uh, yeah, like uh, like Nottingham Forest, just they were they were good. What maybe forty fifty years ago, and uh, yeah, they had yeah, they're a big team because of Brian Clough, it's, and that was it. Still a big team, yeah, yeah. They deserve to be in the Premiership because they're a big team. History, mate. History, uh, history was made. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, well, speaking of Nottingham Forest, um, Man United are playing Man City in the uh, EFL uh, Cup semi-final, uh, so no doubt our, uh, our friend uh, Mr. Goldbridge will be watching that. It's nil-nil at the moment, at yeah. half-time, uh, so that means right. that title United contenders, will probably... Title contenders now. Yep. Actually, yeah, we should congratulate Man United on having uh, won the title yeah. Uh, already. Um, Congratulations. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a long season, but they've they've already done it. It's only January, and they've won the title. So, congratulations to them and all their uh, you know all their uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll play. Uh, congratulations to them and all their mouth breathing fans. Um. <laughs> He, yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, is the, the the league is ridiculously open at the moment. I mean, it, it's like, like literally the the <laughs> the entire top half of the table, um, like, so top two, you got Liverpool and Man United both on thirty three points. Then third, you got Leicester uh, on thirty two, and then the next five teams, one, two, three, sorry, the next four teams are all on twenty nine points. So that's 
uh, Spurs, Man City, Saints, and Everton. So that's that's fourth all the way down to seventh. Are all on twenty nine points. Um, eighth and ninth, you got Villa and Chelsea, who are both on twenty six points. Uh, oh, and West Ham actually, and who are, yeah. So West Ham are tenth. They're also on twenty six points. So you got three teams on twenty six points. Um, and then yeah, eleventh and twelfth is Arsenal and Leeds. We've both got twenty three points apiece. And then I yeah, even under that, you're like yeah, Wolves and Palace are on twenty two points. So it, yeah. it's like it's insane. I mean, it's it, that's, ten point it's gap ridiculous. between it, yeah, top and twelfth. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it is. I mean, it, the it's it's incredibly open. I mean, especially I mean. Looking at Man City, they're on 29 points and they've got two games in hand over Liverpool and one game in hand over United. So, I mean, it's, yeah. The fact that, like, United are second uh, second in January or, the, you know, they were second at Christmas or whatever that they're excited about, it's sort of like, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it's, surprisingly, doesn't tell the whole story, you know, it's, shockingly. It's 2009, back when it was Ferguson and Benitez and Fernando Torres. Yeah. All those guys. Vidic. Uh, yeah, Vidic Torres, and every time Torres would always uh, own Vidic. That was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> no, but Vidic, Vidic is the. Uh, I, I think he, he even tweeted about it this week. Like, yeah, Vidic is the uh, the, the greatest defender in Premier League history, yep. according to uh, to Mark. Yeah, um, which is like, I don't know, man. Like, I, he's up there. I but the the greatest. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Um, JT, JT, captain. I was going to say as much legend. as like as much as I don't like him, and we talk about him a lot. I mean, it's, yeah, do you think like fucking John Terry? Like, I, yeah, as much of a prick as he is, I mean, it's you know, he's got to be. Sol I would Campbell. imagine. Wow. Yeah, Sol Campbell, Tony Adams, Tony Adams uh, mate. yeah. Sol Campbell, Tony Adams, dream, dream team. Mark yeah. Keown. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vidic, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, the league is absolutely wide open until, you know, that is until you get to the, uh, the, the very bottom and then it becomes pretty obvious who's going to be going down at the end of the season. Uh, you, you know, Sheffield United literally on, on two points and still have yet to win a game. Um, and then you got West Brom on eight points. That is so crazy though. Just one player, Dean Henderson, makes all the difference. Like having someone a good goalkeeper from yeah. last season, and you know, makes all the difference. And um, I think, yeah, and then also the fact that their their luck in terms of uh, goals just completely dried up towards towards the end of last season. You know, after they after they sort of you know basically secured survival in the Premiership, you could see that they were struggling in their last few games for, for goals and that's carried on into this season. Like they really don't have a goal threat um, and they're not a particularly creative team. So it, it, yeah, like the, the fact that they've no longer got a decent goalkeeper and it's very funny because Man United fans seem to fucking hate Henderson as well. Like whenever he plays, every, like they're all, <laughs> they're always slagging him off and yeah. saying they don't rate him and he should have stayed at Sheffield United. But I mean, like you said, I mean that, that speaks for itself. The fact that Sheffield United don't have him. <laughs> Um. It, yeah, it's. I wonder if it's the one Bournemouth player that they won't miss at Ramsdale. Just like, yeah, never mind. Yeah. 
Then that's the reason why Bournemouth went down. That's the reason Sheffield United are going down. <laughs> Extremely cursed goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Sheffield United. Uh, yeah, on just two points, and it, I mean it's noticeable that like Chris Wilder is getting like more and more, um, more and more kind of snippy and bitchy in his his interviews as well. Like he's getting quite quite kind of snippy with the press, um, which is never a good sign. You could say, I mean, it worried me that like how kind of. Uh, brusque and short Arteta was being with the media when Arsenal were going through that run. I was like, this is what happens right before a manager gets sacked normally. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll, it'll take a bit longer for Chris Wilder just because of how, you know, what a beloved figure he is by the club and everything he did for them and getting them promoted and that. But the fact that they've been this poor this far in the season, I mean, it, he's he's got to go soon, right? I mean, it, it, they're, they're not going to magically get mm. any better. Yeah, well, I mean, are they the sort of club that has the money to sack a manager and bring someone else in? It's like, it's always a sort of a big club sort of thing to do to sack manager. But I don't know, smaller clubs. Do they Fucking have West money? Brom did it. I, well, I don't yeah. know, man. It's, it's... West Brom have been, <laughs> uh, you know, more regularly in the Premier League. So I guess they have a bit more stashed away. I don't know. The Sheffield United, first time in, what, 10 years since they've. How many years they've been in the Premier League? Around was around two thousand seven. Well, sometimes, that, yeah, I mean, so it's like you see it sometimes where they'll they'll sack a manager and then you know the caretaker manager will take over while they're trying to find a successor, mm. and then they just appoint the caretaker yeah. manager. You know, just do that interim yeah. manager for the rest of the season or whatever. So that would probably be what they do if un- unless they if they don't have somebody lined up that they want already. Someone like uh, um, Phil Jagielka, isn't he at Sheffield now? Someone like Phil Jagielka becomes the, yeah, the player, player manager. Player manager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Or uh, is Mark, Mark Hughes isn't working at the moment, is he? I don't think he's, yeah. uh, or oh, Pulis just got sacked. Maybe they get, maybe they can get, yeah, Pulis in. <laughs> Pulis and Big Sam oh, back damn. in the premiership. We're never going to get rid of these two. <laughs> It just kicked no. like a bad case of the, herpes or a bad case of hemorrhoids. Just yeah, like a a merry-go-round full of shit that just keeps coming around. It's just it's like yeah, things are going well, and all of a sudden, oh god, what's that on my lip? And then oh god, my I got piles. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> it's just this this endless game of musical chairs with you know these clubs all swapping the same fucking just uh, ancient managers, you know, like just, yeah, swapping the same kind of just failures of these, these British managers over and over again, you know, them, them two, and then fucking, you know, Mark Hughes and Pardew and Moyes, all of those guys just taking it in turns with every team at the bottom, <laughs> in the bottom half. Oh, God, of the, of I've the got Premier a horrible League. vision, horrible vision of taking it in turns. Oh God. <laughs> No, no, it's not. No, it really is a enduring image. Mm. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's going to be fun for the listeners to uh, imagine on their on their commute while listening to this. Uh, yeah. So, um, was there any other football talk or football stuff? I mean, Slavin Bilic, we just mentioned, got sacked by West Brom. He's now gone to manage in uh, in China. Mm. Uh, he's been, he's got a job out there. Uh, so. Wish him all the luck with that. Um, yeah, I, 
what else? Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty much now, up to date, right? Poch is now the PSG manager, which ah, oh. but that was that was that was one candidate I had for a potential Arsenal manager, but never mind. Um, um yeah, Other yeah. That, well, I mean, you know. Given the average uh, lifespan of a, a PSG manager, I mean, he could still be, you know, I wouldn't rule him out of the Arsenal job given how long PSG managers tend to last there. So, you know, it could, could still work out. But yeah, he's, he's back there and immediately rumours are swirling that he, want, that he wants to bring in uh, all of his old Spurs buddies, you know, yeah. Ericsson and uh, Deli Alley. Um, they seem to be uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, outcasts of their cl- current clubs. It's a shame of Ericsson. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I really thought he would do all right in, the, in Syria, but somehow just, uh, I don't know, it didn't work out. Yeah, that is weird. It didn't work. Because he, he definitely seemed like the sort of player that had the quality to succeed anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he could just play well uh, in any league anywhere in the world and, and do well. But yeah, for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out for him. Deli Alley's a weird one because it's 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 from the outside it seems very obvious that Mourinho doesn't like him mm. and yeah. just doesn't have any doesn't have any use for him like you know he has no, he he would rather like he brought Gareth Bale back rather than you know give Deli Alley a chance yeah. um, you know so he clearly doesn't but then he also doesn't want to let him he won't. He doesn't seem willing to let him go anywhere. I, I don't get what the dynamic is. Same kind of like with with um, Danny Rose. It's just got these um, yeah two guys who are a bit got a bit too too big for their boots. What they were the bees knees. But Danny Ali somewhat is somewhat a good player. Yeah, he's all right. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's only he's only twenty four. I mean, he could still be good. You know, it's it's, it's not like it's over could, for him. Uh, Danny Rose is a little older. I mean, you know, he, he might not be able to stay at that level for much longer. But yeah, Deli Ali could still be good uh, under most managers. You would have thought, but yeah, Mourinho just doesn't doesn't want to do it. I can imagine him at something like somewhere like Chelsea. I don't know how long Frank Lampard is. I don't know whether Frank Lampard's got a target on him now, but um. Yeah, imagine. I mean that's the other thing. Yeah, he's yeah he might be the inevitable might be happening there. Where it, you know, given uh, we, I mean, I just mentioned you know how how short the shelf life is for most PSG managers. It's even shorter for Chelsea managers, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, he's even though he's a beloved figure of the club, I think that's why he's got a bit had a bit longer as manager because I think you know yeah he probably would if any other manager probably would have been sacked after the FA Cup final. Yeah, maybe. Although I think that the transfer ban, I think weirdly, probably bought him some more time. Yeah. Um, but the fact that yeah, he's had a transfer window and spent a lot of money uh, on players that did that were very highly rated, and uh, mm. Mm. very few of them seem to have actually kind of. Are we uh, saying? Are we saying that Timo Werner and Kai Havertz are flops? What? <laughs> Um, I don't, you know, not quite on the level of Nicolas Pepe, but I mean, only because they haven't been playing in the Premier yeah. League as long as, as he has. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's only really that uh, that Ziek that seems to have kind of, yeah, uh, and as well, maybe um, what's his name, uh, Silver. I mean, their goalkeeper. Uh, I don't know how their goalkeeper's any better than um, uh, 
Arisa, Bal- Arisa Balaga. Arisa Balaga, yeah. It kind of it, I mean, same. yeah, it looked, it looked like he was, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like he was going to be, you know, a lot more solid. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened. He's, he's, he just got caught out. <laughs> he got caught out the once, and I don't know if it's just affected his confidence or whatever, but yeah, he doesn't look, suddenly he doesn't look that dependable. I mean, even in, even in the Arsenal match, you know, the, <laughs> I know we scored three goals, but like there was that th- really awful pass that he tried to play out from the back to one of the Chelsea defenders it just went straight to Lacazette and it's like you know if Lacazette had done a better finish it would have, that would have been a fourth goal easily you know if it if that had if that had gone to a Bamiyang you'd think that that would have gone just straight back into the back of the net um so yeah he seems to be just as error prone as uh, as, as old Kepper was yeah. um like Thiago Silva I mean you got a guy there who's like he's been around for a long long time almost yeah, almost fifteen years. Yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> he, there, there's that story where, like, Frank Lampard, when he was trying to convince him to come to Chelsea, sent him that photo of Lampard and him shaking hands before, <laughs> like, the England Brazil match, and he was like, "I hadn't, oh, I'd completely I'd- forgotten this." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I could see that it meant, like, he, like the, the quote is something like, I could see that it meant a lot to him, but I had completely forgotten about this. It's like that Thanos meme. Yeah, I don't think about you at all. Mm. Um, <laughs> but it, what, the only other news, I, Darren Fletcher has joined uh, Man United's uh, coaching staff. and it took, Was he not already? I have no idea. I, I, feel like, I feel like he's been part of the coaching staff there since he was still playing. I, I, I don't know. I, he had coached the under-16 squad since October, but has now uh, jumped up into the first team coaching staff. Darren has united DNA running through his veins, says uh, oh manager Ali Gunnar Yeah. That's the... Uh, that's Man United news. That's the Arsenal news. Um, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, it... it <sighs> Is there anybody with a cushier job than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really just feels like he doesn't have to do anything. Like they, He's got, you know, as long as he puts Bruno Fernandes in the starting lineup, yes. he can just do whatever else he wants. They'll get their penalty, he'll <laughs> score it, and then, that, you know, that's that's it. Like that's He, doesn't, he literally doesn't have to worry about anything else. <laughs> like every Man United game I've, I've seen is just... A oh, slight tug in the box, they fall over. It's like they do that um, where they get receive a pass, they let the ball roll, 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 run onto the ball, and if there's any contact, they always go down. They always get a penalty. I mean, it's we've talked about it before about how it, you know, it's how many <clears throat> penalties they get. Um, but I mean, it is it's it's getting comical now. I mean, like it, yeah. it's I mean it's it's been ridiculous, but now it's getting like the the one that they got against West Brom. Pogba literally trips himself over. Like yeah. you know, his is you, you make the argument that his leg gets nudged by the West Brom defender onto it, but it's like he trips himself over. Like that yeah. is there's more contact, there's more Pogba on Pogba contact than there is West Brom player on Pogba, and it's yeah. like. You know, if we're talking about like VAR and whatever, it should be like a sorry, it was it was Villa, wasn't it? It wasn't West Brom, it was Villa. Um, their last match. Yeah, it was me, um, I think it might have been Tyrone. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it, it's just like it it's, we're talking about like VAR and stuff that's supposed to be clear and obvious and whatever. It's just like uh, just just take a look at the side of the pitch 
you know, you've got the monitor there. It's it's pretty obvious what yeah. what's going on there. Uh, I don't know, man. It's yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Another. I mean, another example of like what you know, you know, it, <laughs> what a what an incredibly kind of cushy do nothing job. Um, Ollie has. I mean, I, I remember a few weeks ago when they played uh, West Ham, and uh, I think West Ham went one nil up, and at halftime, Ollie made like two substitutions. And he brought on, um, he, he brought on Rashford, and yeah, he brought on Rashford and Fernandez. For some reason, Fernandez hadn't started the match, which is insane. Um, but yeah, he brought on Fernandez and Rashford, and then they ended up winning it. 3-1 again you know with a little help from the officials because during the build-up to one of those goals the ball clearly went out of play you know it goes out over the line and then back into play in midair um but yeah and then like all of the like analysis afterwards was like oh yeah well ollie ollie deserves all the credit i mean he made those two changes at half. Yeah. And it's just like oh what way by bringing on their two best players by a million fucking miles he's changed the game oh wow it's oh. I never would have thought of that. I never would have thought to uh, to use the two best players in the squad. Um, but I mean, that's that's why he makes the big bucks. You know, that's why he's there. It's that type of innovation of uh, yeah. using Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandez. Uh, it's just come on, man. That's baby shit. That's absolute like day one. Like that's if you're if you're if you're the manager of Man United, those are the first two names on the team sheet every single week. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Not starting them. It's like me on me on Pez. Like, I just played Ronaldo, and uh, oh look at that, I I won. Look, I got to play. I played Messi. Oh look, I scored. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> I'm so clever. I'm what you'd call I'm what you'd call an innovator. I put just I put using, Maradona. Like, <laughs> I took a risk and I put Maradona in my uh, fantasy team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little-known winger by the name of Thierry Henry. Yeah, nobody else believed in him, but I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Man United are now losing to Man City. Uh, looks like John Stones. Wow, John Stones is playing. Uh, John Stones scored remember, for, for Man City. Remember, he was rumored to join Arsenal. John Stones and yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I. I that feels like one of those ones that might still come back around. I'm kind of like, I'm nervous to sort of like talk about that or make fun of it. Cause it still feels like something that might happen given our, I mean, given the fact that we signed, not just signed David Luiz, but then extended his contract. I mean, you know, mm. we do love to buy a dodgy defender. So I can easily see us spending 50 million quid on John Stones. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, um, I don't know if I, if I take stays, which I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Let's 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 um keep off the Arteta out just just for a bit just to see how it goes, but um like hopefully he won't be uh, like that. And now that that Raul Solanehi guy is no longer <laughs> there, he's no longer there. So hopefully there won't be any dodgy, you know, trying to pay off agents and all this stuff that. Trying to spend ridiculous yeah. fees on players, and that was that was the whole thing with Hussein that The whole thing broke down because their agent, his his brother, who was his agent, was like asking for like, was it supposedly like <sighs> thirty million in fees or something? So Jesus Christ! 
something like over 20 or 30 million, something like that. And yeah, that's probably the reason why a lot of like someone like Pepe was bought for 72 million because that's probably also agent fees as well. So yeah. You, yeah, you, I mean, you, it, it, he may have been th- he may have been just forty million or thirty million, but you add an extra bit of yeah agent fees, and it's seventy. Yeah, and, uh, and everyone goes, ah, you spent seventy million on a play, he's not very good. And uh, yeah, it's like uh, no, I mean, we spent yeah, <laughs> we literally spent the entire transfer fee twice, uh, one to bring him to the club, and then the other to pay his stupid fucking agent. <laughs> Like it, it isn't it weird that like the players that have like their brothers as their agent or their dad as their agent uh, always tend to uh, price themselves out of yeah. <laughs> of like big moves that could change their career. Like it, yeah. it's it's always weird that like the meddling family members always seem to ruin that for them. Well, you have um, Rayola who uh, he's very uh, very um, cutthroat. You know, he would just come out yeah, and I mean, say. He's- it would just come out I'm and say, like, yeah. you know, that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, but you have someone the, like the him, players that like Arnautovic, who you know, his, it was because his brother was his agent, wasn't it? Oh, and yeah. He sort of fucked yeah. his career at <laughs> West Ham and made him go to China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since um, well, I know Neymar's dad is his agent, and um, I think Mbappe, his agent, may have been his. Maybe I'm wrong on Mbappe, but I know. Um, yeah, maybe that's the whole thing yeah. with Neymar. Now you can name yeah, I mean Neymar. I mean, again, you know, so much. famously Neymar, famously happy guy. You know, clearly, clearly loves where he is right now in his career. Um, just yeah, you can see it. It's so obvious that he's thrilled to be where he is right now. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean about Riola. I mean, it, it, you know, we talked about it before. The fact that he's he's now so powerful that he can just uh, announce that one of his players wants to leave a club and it kind of just completely fucks that club's uh, like <laughs> it fucks it, it psychically fucks with the club so much that it kind of destroys their next couple of games. Yeah. I was really hoping that we united, but it's not working out so far. Uh, Pogba it seems- did for a bit, yeah. but then it, yeah, it, I mean, they went out of the champions league, but yeah, at the moment they are. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. How- they're just, I mean, they're winning matches where they're not playing particularly well. I mean, you know, we, we, I mean, how many more times are we going to talk about it? The amount of penalties that they fucking get, it, it's it's ludicrous. It's funny how things change in like a space of like even a week or even a month with um so, uh, someone like Oli so, kind of Solskjaer is uh, go out of Champions League, Oli out immediately, Oli out, Oli out. And now it's yeah. all like, Oli's a genius, always bleeding, always backed him, always backed your manager. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unlike those yeah. Arsenal fans who just chuck them on the bus. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like like we're so different. But I mean, it is, yeah. I mean, with United fans as well, there's that whole, you know, you mentioned it, the whole thing about United. United DNA is United in the blood. You know, he wants, they want to play. They want to play for the best club in the world, the biggest club in the world. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Man United fans love to get into a dick measuring contest about what, counts as a big club um and it, it's just fucking tedious um but yeah that's so was there any any more football stuff to to talk about uh no i think that's been most of it from what i've seen I think, yeah i mean it's, we, talk- I, we sort of touched on the transfer stuff that I, it doesn't it doesn't seem likely that we're actually going to sign anybody this window yeah um i mean there's there's a couple of names 
I mean, yeah, Jose Mouar is, is still kind of being talked about, but I don't think it's it's not going to happen this January. Mm. Uh, and that um, Emmy Buendia from Norwich as well, again, a name that keeps coming up, but it seems like it's not going to happen this window, maybe in the summer. Yeah, but then, I don't know. But, but you know, then by the summer we might not need him. So I, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, doesn't seem to be any kind of concrete stuff. But we'll we'll see. You know, it's uh, we got till till the first of February. You know, de- transfer deadline day is always fun. You know, there's always there's always someone that makes a mad panic buy in January, don't they? I mean, you know, Liverpool were kind of the kings of it for a few years. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this window brings. Yeah, hopefully we can get like uh get Andy Carroll and um, um <laughs> Yeah, we'll get we'll get well, some- there was a couple of days where like people were saying Diego Costa was oh, yeah, like we would, like Arsenal would would look at cuz he's like terminated his contracts at Atletico Madrid so it's like he was like linked with a return to the premiership with Arsenal looking and it's like what yeah. the fuck what what would he do like it's <laughs> like most of the players there still hate him from when he was at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and then also it's just like, they've got, he's, a, I mean, he's a striker. I mean, they've got, they've got enough of those or, you know, like unless they're planning on selling Lacazette or Aubameyang, which they're absolutely not going to do. Where the fuck would he play? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's like, I think he's one of these players. As soon as um, Luis Suarez turned up at Letico Madrid, he's like, right, that's it. I ain't getting in this team. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's there, there's only so much uh, contitude uh, that can exist within like, within this space, and I've got to take my I've got to take my powers elsewhere. They were. I was really hoping they would be the shit, the actual shit house eleven. You've got Simeone's yeah. manager, and you could have had Luis Suarez and Diego Costa up front, but yeah, he's yeah. Not, he's not as good as he the dream. <laughs> not as good as he was maybe four or five years ago, but um. I don't know. He'll probably yeah. Just, fuck him. What a shame. What a shame. I think he's just be like I don't know, but like Balotelli, just like he spends most of his time just at, at the club or something. I don't know. Just yeah, the, the the bad boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. Um. Yeah, he'll probably end up somewhere. I don't know. Maybe maybe West Brom can get him. That'd be funny. Oh yeah, that would um, be, that would be epic. <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, imagine. Big Sam trying to tell him what to do. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, that's that's probably enough football talk. Jesus Christ, we've been talking for an hour already. Um, when we come back, we've got a new feature. It's Ollie's Movie Review, so stay tuned for that. And we're back, and uh, some breaking news. Uh, there appears to be some uh, weird little uh, goblins that have uh, uh, laid siege to yeah. the uh, to Capitol Hill in uh, in America. Looks as though it's a bunch of Donald Trump supporters uh, trying to stop America from marrying Joe Biden, uh, a la the ending of The Graduate. Um, yeah, they're don't think on it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, they're banging on the glass, saying "America, America." <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what's going on at the moment. Um, yeah, President-elect Biden calls on Trump to end this siege. Um, 
Yeah. So Joe Biden addressing the nation from Wilmington, Delaware, calling <sighs> on the pro-Trump mob to pull back and allow the work of democracy to move forward. It's not a protest. It's an insurrection. Jack, Biden <laughs> says, asking Trump to step up and go on television to demand an end to this siege. Enough is enough, he said, before uh, falling asleep falling with asleep. a cup of warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bad luck was on. Yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, falling asleep at 5 p.m. in front of the fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks as though, uh, I don't. again, it's not really clear what they think they're doing there, but um, it's some pretty serious shit. You know, they've showed up with guns and shit. Um, and uh, yeah, I just hope nobody gets... Yeah. Nobody gets hurt, but um, yeah, because um, these freaks too many really movies. are these freaks really are pot committed uh, on this stuff. It's yeah. it's crazy. They just want to marry their anime pillows. That's all. They they just want to marry their cousins. <laughs> God damn it! Um, I mean, that's yeah, that's a joke because I mean, obviously, a lot of them yeah. did marry their cousins or are. <laughs> they either did marry their cousins or they are children of people who married their own cousins. So, um, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, uh, we've got a, an update here on the BBC News website. Ignoring calls for calm, rioters continue to run amok. And there's a photo of a guy uh, sat behind a desk there with his feet up holding an American flag. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, it's really imagine- weird. I mean... They're all going to get COVID, uh, but uh, yeah, go off, I guess. Yeah, so I can imagine all the uh, pundits, like right-wing pundits, like, we are taking the country back, you know, probably, or something like, yeah. this is extremely based or something. Yes, most based, yes. Um, yeah, well, so, and uh, yeah, I think Mike Pence has also kind of uh, showed his ass by saying that he's not going to. He's not going to block the certification of Joe Biden, <laughs> even though Trump asked him to. Um, so it's, 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 uh, he's everybody betray me. He, what? It's like Tommy Wiseau. Everybody betray me. Like it, is, <laughs> it is exactly like that. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. I mean, there was that leaked phone call where he was trying to get the Attorney General of uh, of Georgia to. Like, what did he say? He said, all I need is 11,000 votes or something. I need you to find 11,000 votes. It's just like, come on, come dude. Come take, take the L. Yeah. No, like, that word doesn't exist in his dictionary. That word doesn't exist. He, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to be president. That's the weird thing about it, is that he's clearly hated every minute of it, and he didn't, he never intended to win. He never thought he was actually going to win in the first place. So he has to I, pay for his McDonald's now. A, yeah, he can't just get he <laughs> he can't get you know a garbage bag full of McDonald's delivered to the White House anymore. <laughs> oh, that would be the dream. That's why that's why people want to be president so you can get free McDonald's. It's, yeah, to just do like <laughs> do like little kid shit that you fantasize about of like yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm going to get a truck full of McDonald's delivered to my house <laughs> and invite over all my cool football friends. We're going to have a party. We're going to have endless barbecues just all day, every day for four years. Yeah. I'm going to build a water slide from the top of the White House <laughs> down to the lawn. Um, dig up, dig up the so, grass. yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to, yeah, uh, going to do a, a, a quick uh, movie review because um, I, 
don't know about you, Lawrence, but over the Christmas and New Year period, I watched a, watched a lot of movies. Did you did you get a chance to uh, to to watch many films? Yeah, I watched a couple of movies. Um, but do you want me to go into what I I mean? I just saw it was on television. I mean, well, what? Yeah, what? What do you see? Unless you're uh, unless you're planning on recommending it in well, uh, cultural appropriation, but what? what I don't know. I watched. Um, I watched The Sound of Music. I watched. Uh, Dr. Zhivago, I watched... Uh, oh, fancy little man. <laughs> yeah, I watched... Um, oh, Grand... Oh, I might I might recommend it, but... I might, I might recommend it later on, but I really enjoyed this film. But uh, I also okay. wa- I also watched... Um, uh, what was it? I, oh, the, uh, I'll recommend them later. Okay, that's, that's a tease for, for the end of the podcast then. Um... Yeah, I, I ended up watching quite a lot of uh, Eddie Murphy movies, oddly enough, from you know back from when Eddie Murphy was was good. Um, you know, a lot of his movies that, that I either hadn't seen for a very long time or that I'd never seen because I, I mean, I, Coming to America uh, was sort of the big one that I'd, I'd never, I'd never ever seen that before, and people talk about it all the time. And there's a sequel coming out. Well, it was supposed to have come out this year, but it's been delayed. Uh, but you know, be coming out in March, I think. Um, so I'd never seen that, you know, I, I saw that and it was, it was very funny. And over this, this, uh, sort of over the new year period, um, me and my girlfriend watched all of the Beverly Hills cop movies. Um, I think I'd, I'd only ever seen the first one and I hadn't seen that for it again since I was like a kid. Um, so it was almost like seeing it for the, the first time again, but yeah, so I, I've, uh, I've prepared a review of, uh, Beverly Hills cop. Um, so, uh, here, here goes, just going to. I don't know. Yeah, th- I just in case anybody hasn't seen Beverly Hills Cop and you're on the fence, this might uh, you know this this might give you a bit of insight. So the, the Beverly Beverly Hillbillies Murphy Cop, uh, Beverly uh, Murphy Cop, Eddie Hills, uh, Eddie Murphy Hills Cop. Eddie. So Ed Murphy uh, plays a cool street smart wise detective named Eddie Axelrod uh, while working a case in his hometown, New York City, the greatest city in the world, baby. Uh, his dumb Italian friend is brutally murdered by Mike from Breaking Bad. So Eddie decides it's time for a vacation to California. Uh, while he's there, he sneaks around a lot and meets a bunch of guys who talk funny. That is quite a central uh, staple of the movie, is like him meeting guys that talk funny um, across all three films. It's sort of the one of the main recurring jokes. Um, eventually, he solves the case uh, of the uh, guy who was murdered by Mike from Breaking Bad. And Mike is banished to New Mexico, where he's never heard from again, question mark? That's a little, little <clears> wink <throat> to the audience there. You know, kind of a, like a, a precursor to, to... I know that, you know, Better Call Saul is supposed to be like the prequel to Breaking Bad, but this is almost like, you know, before that. Um, but uh, seriously, folks, Ed Murphy is exceptional as the titular Murphy cop uh, of the film's title and makes many hijinks and shenanigans throughout the film's ambiguous running time. While Murphy provides, uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, while Murphy provides the laughs, director Martin Breasts uh, keeps the action flowing with tense fighting and shooting in almost every scene. Uh, hopefully, one day they'll make a sequel. Uh, five stars. So that's my review of uh, Beverly Beverly Hills Murphy Cop. Um, maybe we'll do some more movie reviews um, at a later date. But I thought that was uh, that was something that, that needed to, uh, yeah, needed to needed to get out. Um, Oh, Boris Johnson has weighed in and said that uh, it, it's just you have my soul. scenes. It, <laughs> yes, and my axe. You have my ass and my ping pong balls. Uh, 
my my whiff waff, uh, my, my whiff waff bat. You have my balls uh, and my whiff waff. Yes, he calls them disgraceful scenes and uh, calls for peace and an orderly transfer of power. Uh, that's for his, you know. <laughs> that's what they say to me at McDonald's. Yes, yeah, sir. This is a McDonald's. Uh, is what they say to you, sir. This um, is a McDonald's. What's so, uh, yeah, that's Boris, Boris Johnson again. You're just selling his buddy down the river there, um, <laughs> completely fucking over. You know, Donald Trump, uh, which you know we love to see. Um, <laughs> should we do some cultural? The first cultural appropriation of 2021. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is cultural appropriation time, and the theme tune goes right now. Uh, yeah, so this is the bit in the show where we move away from football and talk about other things that uh, that we like that you, the listener, may also like. Um, Lawrence teased uh, before a couple of films that he was going to recommend that he watched recently. So go ahead and uh, whip those <laughs> whip those bad whip, boys whip out, bad boys out. Um, okay, well over the over Christmas, I uh, watched uh, a lovely film. I thought was uh, the Grand. I don't. Know, I hope you haven't recommended this, but the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is. Uh, I don't think we've recommended it before, <clears throat> but I feel like we've talked about it before. Maybe I mean it's, it's, it is a great film. It, I mean it, it's it's fantastic. Uh, visually, yeah. it's just beautiful to look at. Every, every yeah. not a single frame of the film is wasted. Everything looks fabulous in it. But just, uh, but yeah, great film. Yeah, I mean Wes Anderson. He's you know he makes well, some of those films he's made. All the ones I've seen are good. I've seen Royal Tenenbaums, yeah. uh, Life Aquatic, Fantastic yeah, Life Aquatic Fox is, was good. I like that. Um, yeah, Life Aquatic is probably an all, that's an all timer for me. That's probably that's that's way up there in the in the you know <clears throat> it, probably in the top ten easily, maybe the top five. But uh, yeah, yeah, Wes he's, Anderson makes he makes good movies. He's, and, he's yeah. come a long way since those Resident Evil films. But yeah, since his marriage uh, to Mila Jovovich. And uh, but also, I would also like to recommend um, some of my favourite uh, comedy films, uh, the the Pink Panther co- uh, films they were on during yes. Christmas, and I re- uh, love them. I love them. I just Peter Sellers was a funny guy, although he's kind of an asshole in real life. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a funny guy nonetheless. But he the uh, Spectacluso character. It's funny. Funny, funny as Frick, and uh, there is some, yeah, really, really funny stuff in those. The, I, I, I don't. They're not all good, are they? There, there is, there are some crappy yeah. Pink Panther films, but yeah, the 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 good ones are really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he is, he is hilarious. Um, in uh, yeah, in in those movies, even and it's. It's weird because he, you know, talking about Eddie Murphy, you know, the thing Eddie Murphy's kind of become famous for in the latter stages of his career is just being addicted to playing multiple characters in the same film. Um, and that kind of comes from Peter Sellers. Like Peter Sellers kind of almost invented that, you know, like being a an actor that plays multiple characters in the same movie. Yeah, um, yeah he kind of, was, he sort um, of... I, I didn't see it recently, but I have seen a biopic about Peter Sellers, which is, uh, I think it's just called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. Which I, yeah, that that is good. I, I, uh, I haven't watched that for a while, but yeah, I do remember seeing that, thinking that was that was quite an inventive, quite an inventive way yeah. of telling that story. And um, maybe another, I recommend another Peter Sellers film, which is it's quite good as well. But it's a bit more on the. Um, it's not like a farcical comedy. It's more like 
plays is serious, but there's funny moments in it. But um, it's called Being There. Have you seen that one? Oh, no, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's where he... Uh... <laughs> oh, what, uh, what movie it's, is it where he, someone... Being There is he just plays like... Um, I can't remember either like a... I can't remember the character, but he just... He's just more of like a very simple, quiet man or something like that. And just, and he thinks he just happens, happens in, in a titular name. He happens to just be in the right place at the right time for things and things. You know, he meets. Uh, just, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I did enjoy it. And, like a proto Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump goes the other way. It's too, like, oh, he literally invents all of American culture. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. He like is friends with Nixon somehow. And, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, being there is a. It's more of a kind of smoltzy kind of film. It's not like yeah, wacky, crazy comedy. But it's it's um yeah, it's good. And um, it went. Was, I, didn't win a bunch of Oscars. I think it, it was like I a think big it may awards. have done. Yeah. But um, and uh, one thing last last thing I'll recommend is uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters 1 and 2 remaster yes. for, the, for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox, I think, maybe. But uh, yeah, yeah, good old remit, yeah. A, a, a surprise to be sure, but a, a welcome one, uh, to quote uh, uh, Palpsy from the Star Wars. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, Joe, last week, I guess Joe was talking about, uh, you know, replaying through Tony Hawk 3, and it's, uh, yeah... Never been a better time to to revisit the uh, the Tony Hawk games. So I, hmm. I hope they release those remasters onto the Switch at some point because um, I, I I don't have I don't really have access to any other uh, video game <laughs> consoles uh, and it's it's annoying because I mean I remember having a GameCube and all of the, you know pretty much all the Tony Hawk games came out on GameCube so it's like you know uh, work it out Nintendo fucking give me give me give me my Tony Hawk um, yeah. That's uh, that's 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 a pretty a bumper a bumper list of recommendations I guess because we've been away for a couple of weeks uh, from Lawrence. Um, by contrast, uh, I'm only going to recommend uh, one thing I think. <laughs> um, just to, you know, just to bring everybody down on. So on New Year's Eve, it was announced that uh, underground legendary underground rapper MF Doom uh, passed away. Well, not just that he not just that he passed away, but that he'd passed away on Halloween, and it, it hadn't. They'd kept it secret for two months somehow, um, which is very on brand. If you know anything about MF Doom, that is incredibly. That's the most Doom thing possible is to, you know, have been dead for two months and for nobody to know about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's just incredibly influential um, in terms of in, ter- in terms of the length and breadth of hip hop. Basically, I mean, it, it, all of the kind of various niches and genres seem to be influenced by him in one way or another. Just an amazing kind of cult figure, famous for you know this character that he played called you know the the villain. He'd wear a metal mask that looked like Doctor Doom very rarely made public appearances would frequently not not show up at his own live shows and he'd send out someone he'd send out somebody else wearing the mask to perform the shows for him if he didn't feel like showing up um so you never know if you were getting the villain or the imposter um he was born in the UK but grew up in New York and never 
like never gained citizenship to the US. So I think like he he was he was like refused a visa or whatever to go back to the US after he went on tour in 2010. And then since then he'd just been living in London. Um so it, it yeah, a very I mean, yeah, just uh, read up about I mean, you know, again, just a fascinating character um and a, a a brilliant truly brilliant and innovative rapper and producer as well. Um so I mean, you can check out there's there's a bunch of his stuff you can check out but i'd recommend just starting with the starting with the the debut mf doom album uh, operation doomsday um that's been re-released a couple of times and you know remastered and sort of the you know with a bunch of uh extra bonus stuff and remixes and things like that so you can really kind of delve into uh to all of that stuff but yeah check out uh operation doomsday and also i suppose the other kind of big touchstone for mf, MF doom is uh mad villainy the collaborative album that he made with uh with Madlib um, under the under the name Mad Villain, um, yeah. So that I think that came out in two thousand and four. Yeah. So check out Operation Doomsday and Mad Villainy by MF Doom, um, and you know just uh, keep the you know keep the keep the Doom legend going. You know keep the villain alive because um, uh, yeah, man, what a what a career. Um, oh, looks like Man City have gone two nil up. Uh, we're in deep into extra time now, um, so it's. Looks as though they've pretty much wrapped that up there. Yeah, two 0 up a goal from Fernandinho in eighty three minutes. Um, so yeah, Ollie Ollie out again. Um, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and looks as though Trump himself has now called for calm uh, over the whole uh, you know capital <laughs> capital hill invasion thing. Um, I know your pain. I know your hurt. Says <laughs> Trump again, falsely claiming the election was stolen. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Especially the other side, but oh, you have to go God. home now. <sighs> it's almost like he's talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it that could well have been like, yeah, they just <laughs> him talking to himself in the mirror, and they happen to capture a video oh. of it, and they're deciding to play it for for all of these uh, dipshits that are uh, <laughs> that are there protesting. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that's that's uh, just about it for the first episode of of twenty twenty one of uh, Junior Funners. There are no Bigfoot updates over Christmas. No uh, no new sightings or anything. Well, not exactly. But I would like to. I don't think I recommended this YouTube channel, but it's um, it's got a it's a it's a YouTube channel where they just a woman sort of uh, narrates uh, sighting reports. It's called the Bigfoot Case Files. And uh, a lot of um, a woman. either historical accounts or um, <clears throat> you know m- more modern sightings reports. A lot of them sound kind of crazy. I'll admit, some of them I'm a bit sort of mm, kind of crazy, kind of wild. But some of them sound interesting. What the more um, older sounding sighting uh, reports from old newspapers and. Uh, Early Bigfoot researchers who went and interviewed people, talked to people. Yeah, it's, it's a good mm. YouTube channel, Bigfoot Case Files. It's uh, yeah, we pinch just some of them because some of them do sound a bit crazy. But other than that, only some of them. Yeah, I haven't listened to literally all of them, but some of them where they're <laughs> like they're having all kinds of crazy crap happening. I'm just like, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bigfoot. <clears throat> Bigfoot came through my window and yeah. he was holding a bass guitar and he said, Literally, check this like, shit out. And then he played the Seinfeld theme. Literally like a family that has a farm that Bigfoot breaks through their window and tries to steal their child. And uh, <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Yeah. It's like, eh, mm, eh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
maybe you're just trying to maybe they're trying to cover up for the fact that their child went missing um who knows something or the yeah that's to say there's also there was a, a book by a guy called david Paul polidus polides called the missing 411 i don't know if you've heard of such a thing the missing 411 um where some i don't know whether he was trying to speculate trying to hint that maybe like some of these people went missing because like bigfoot uh kidnapped them uh <laughs> but like okay. some of these some of these are like genuine missing pe- persons reports that like you know children or you know whatever and it's like yeah to start doing like oh did bigfoot do it question mark uh, yeah, that yeah. seems a little seems a little bit in bad taste. Maybe yeah. if it's a if it's a real per, you know if it's like a real child that went missing to be like, well, we don't know that Bigfoot didn't take them. Like that yeah. seems a bit like. And it's like hmm. the more likely for me is either like mountain lion, maybe in some cases because they do end up finding like clothes ripped or you know or a, a bone or something. Anyway, but yeah, or well, just I mean, it's it's. It's incredibly easy to die on a mountain, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like even, even without other animals, there it is. Yeah, they it just, is so easy to accidentally kill yourself on a mountain. Yeah. That's part of why um, I don't. That's part of why I I wouldn't want to. COVID excluded, uh, wouldn't want to go hiking in America because I could just you turn the wrong way, you're lost in in the woods. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and they got all sorts of you know mountain lions and cougars and bears, bears you know, wolves, brown bears, yeah. black bears, wolves, coyotes. Yeah, there yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of shit that can fuck you up. A really amorous moose, you know, just yeah, really yeah. horny, horny moose, uh, fucking eagle, yeah, uh, yeah. Sh- shark, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, if there's like a, a shark lake on the mountain. Remember hearing like a story of a tree that, that had collapsed, and there was an old eagle's nest in there, full of cat and dog collars. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so it looks like, yeah, Man City have beaten uh, United, so it's going to be a uh, City and Spurs Carabao Cup final. So congratulations to City on what's going to be their yeah. fourth consecutive Carabao Cup, I guess. Probably, it seems to be that's uh, that's the Guardiola the Guardiola Cup. You know, that's his that's his cup. Oh, that's his niche. Yeah, like Emery was the Europa League and us, yeah, Arsenal with the, the FA Cup. Yeah, with the FA Cup and Guardiola's got the uh, EFL Cup locked down. He just yeah, that's like on yeah, career mode. That's uh, just like the easiest. Oh, I'm always always winning that one. I mean, it is. I mean, comparatively, it is, it's it's the lowest. Prize money by quite some distance, isn't it? I think like the mm. the prize money, the actual prize money the club gets for winning uh, the EFL Cup, I think is like it's like barely two million pounds or something, isn't it? Like it, it really should, isn't very much. I should probably just donate the money to charity or something. Or yeah, I mean it, it's yeah, I mean the amount of money that it compared to, <laughs> especially in City's case, I mean the amount of money they've already got that probably pays, you know. That probably covers the amount of tax that they don't pay, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, the amount of tax that they would be paying but don't pay, uh, that would probably, uh, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, folks, it's been great to be back with you. Um, hope, uh, you know, everything's not too shitty where you are. We didn't do a review of the year for 2020 because, frankly, 
what's to review it it, it sucked um so mm. you know yeah what, what would be the point of just kind of going over oh yeah that month sucked and that month uh, was also yeah. bullshit um so hopefully things start to get better for uh, for everybody uh, wherever you are and you're listening to this uh hopefully this has distracted you a little bit um from various lockdowns and diseases and so forth and we'll be back with you again soon okay bye